bringing two survivors. Who are we bringing in? Annabelle and Max. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was really well done, Daphne. Nailed it, honey. I reckon your your position, maybe my position's in a bit of jeopardy after that, CK. I think. Oh, uh, she's got all the one takes. She's got all the one takes. Sorry, I'm just setting out my headphones. Can you guys? I am. There we go. I can hear you. Welcome to, as my daughter just said, she's going to take over this hosting. Well, someone's going to have to host the Orca Pod when Melbourne Survivor is finally released, 15 April. It's coming out, and look, admittedly, there's been some false starts, but I feel that it's finally actually going to happen because an actual viewing party has been arranged. So for me, I think it's actually happening. It's very exciting. And for all of our viewers out there, you'll be able to see how this trio all came together. So I'm sure that's going to be exciting for everyone, right? It is. Surely? Can't wait. Yeah. You don't you think? Yes, it does. <laughs> um, she, she wants. She wants the limelight. CK, you should let let her. <laughs> uh, she's got her father's. Uh, are you okay? You hurt your leg. Yeah. Uh, she's got her father's. Um, she's got her father's flair for the dramatic, and uh, to need to steal the show. So uh, she definitely got that from me. Um, Annabelle, last we checked in, you were at the pub this afternoon and had not watched the episode. Have you watched it? I did. I watched it on 2X right before this session and I feel fresh. I feel like I've got the takes. I know what happened um, and I wonder if my 2X viewing right before this episode is going to be fresher than when you watched it drunk on Saturday night, CK. I was sober watching this, but frankly, I wish I was drunk because it was the most boring episode of the season. If you could have watched any of them on 2X, it's this one. As soon as the Orca didn't win the challenge, you knew what was going to happen. Um, I look, hey, you had your moment. Now go sit in the corner. It's all about that now. <laughs> yeah. Now, the, the Orca, um, to his credit, actually did a lot of great attempts to convince people to keep him around. Like, he came up with every argument that I possibly could have thought of and more of reasons to keep him. No one was biting. Do we let, because we don't have a lot to go through this episode. Why don't we go through the cast and we think, should anyone have kept the orca or wanted to keep the orca in the cast? So um, what about you, Annabel? Can you see someone that you think would be suitable? It makes sense to keep James in the game. Yes, I mean, I think I, I, I'm going to let Max go first on this one, and then okay. and then I'll take up some space. If, from my perspective, if I was one of the more physical or challenge threats in the game, you would want to keep him as a shield, because you know James did do well in a lot of the challenges, um, and as we saw in the last episode, he won individual immunity. As a challenge threat or someone who's perceived as a challenge threat, you'd want to keep another challenge threat in the game to use as a potential shield and as a as that person to keep you that one one round longer, I feel. So being the challenge that's potentially Nick, uh, that's it, yeah, yeah. should I, I believe Nick John uh, in and he says Nick. Nick should have kept him potentially. Um, yes. are you, are you thinking and that's also right, Michael mate? and also Michael. So those are probably the two. Do you, that... think, do you think Michael's getting challenge beast energy on this edit? Because I don't get that from the edit. 
Well, not from I the do. edit, but you do. I, I think. Yeah, he's I, the only one who could compete against. Um, who could compete against old mate in the last week? Oh, Nick was, Nick was there. Nick was there. Yeah. So um, I reckon Michael, I Michael, James, and Nick are the three, let's say, challenge threats. Obviously, left down to Michael and Nick now. In terms Can of I get more some... physical. Sorry, CK. No, I just want to get some clarity on Michael because it came to mind. When he was at the Tribal Council, he said to uh, James, um, make sure you spell my name right this time. Now, I have come across Michael in social media and also in a charity game of The Weakest Link where I repeatedly voted for him endlessly, which we'll talk about when we get him on the show. Um, and on that, it was M-Y-K-L. But on the show, they write it in the traditional English Michael way. Is the show wrong? What does he mean by get my name right? Like, is it Michael, like M-I-C-H-A-E-L, or is it this Mikkel sort of spelling? Which is it? I, I think it's spelt the traditional way in that he just uses the other form for social media. Okay, so how did someone spell his the name? Same way a lot of people sincerely believe my last name is Claire. Oh, well, that's just a social media thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I just don't know what he meant by spell my name right. Maybe we can I ask. Think maybe um, he knows Woofy. Anyway, um, more importantly, back to the original question, I think it was a bad move for Nick and Malcolm to let James Woof go because both of them were willing to work with them. Yep. Certainly Ma is con no longer considers Nick as part of her type three. For Mar, it's now Michael and Sophie rather than Nick and Sophie. Yep. Um, and I think Purple uh, or Kuberang already have fractured. They already know they're split. And I, I, maybe it was the sense of urgency and also the 2x speed, but I found this episode interesting in terms of understanding where the numbers lie now, which For is- the future. For the yeah, future. Yeah, Nick and Joe, very far yeah. apart and that's actually drawn a wedge now between malcolm and joe um yeah. malcolm said his number was anna and that james was nick's number and that he would view it as an attack on nick if they chose to target james over anna puppy that is enough who's um, mel's number is mel somebody or is she a free agent so mel is what I thought was quite interesting is that everybody, Kuberang is dying to use Orange's numbers. None of them, puppy, stop it, have wanted to vote out Orange's that particularly, except for James. John, just he's so th and, and James is just because he's so threatening in the challenges. And he's James quite threatening. Has, as Sophie pointed out, is a bit of a flog when he's aggressive. I think we're getting this narrative where... They, purple is looking to orange as numbers and at that point you need to be able to be the kind of personality that steps back and says i'm willing to be used as a number yes you James don't want to be the person who's who's here's my master plan for the strategic vote this round when you don't have the numbers because no one's interested in your master plan they want you gone they want someone to do what they're told and uh when you when you're the person who wants to be the master you, you struggle to be the servant Yes, absolutely. And I, I mean, 
no shade, I'm the same kind of person. Um, there's just some people out there who don't like being told what to do and love to get their opinion in there. Um, and they make for great television. I mean, you could see the desperate attempts of uh, Dan to try and blow the tribal up um, to save his star um, and not have the forgonging that he's clearly concerned is going to happen. But alas, the orca has been slain. Yes, the the Jeff the 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 are we allowed to say Japanese? Is that racist? The whaling fleet is out there and they have slayed the orca. Uh, and uh, the quality, the the excitement contestants are now in endangered species. No, no, that's too much shade on the rest of the cast. They're exciting. Um, I think the most exciting person. I I can't believe that no one is talking about Ma. Just as uh, the orca said on his vote out, um, he said in his like uh, post post-episode discussion, he said, um, I think Ma's playing the best game and no one's really looking at it. And I look, that's what the edit's showing us too. But I think absolutely, like no one is even remotely looking at it. If these players were all smart, now that James is gone, they should all be looking at Ma for the next vote. But I don't think that's where it's going at all. She's Did getting anyone... a very good, very good edit in terms of the way... She's perceived like perceived to have the the know of the game. If that makes sense, like she yeah. she she knows what's going on, where everyone's sort of alliances are, and like even just like this whole women's alliance, uh, getting rid of the threats that are left. Like she's got her fingers in a lot of the pies, and you can see it on the edit too. It's, she's looking good in terms of the longevity of her game. I'm glad you bring up the Women's Alliance because it t ties in with something you said before, Annabelle, that Anna is uh, Malcolm's number, is Malcolm's piece. But Anna seems much more interested in the Girls' Alliance. So obviously Malcolm's misread that situation to quite a significant extent. Look, maybe he, he would be the last guy standing in her view and then maybe then she'd break the Girls' Alliance. But I don't think Malcolm is... If, if they start taking out guys, I don't think Malcolm's the last guy standing. Um, I think it's probably, oof, Michael? She seemed to be closer with, they seemed, Michael seemed to be included in the Women's Alliance. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, and I think Anna's very serious about the Women's Alliance. I think Anna's tired of being told what to do by men on this season, and uh, she wants some women that are going to fluff her up. Um, and that's uh, sort of what they've been doing. Can I say Ma's ability to fluff up her allies? I'm still, in, I'm so into Ma in this season. It's been so good. Like when Sophie says, I think we should vote out James and like, you know, and says something like, and then next it should be, I don't know what she said, someone. And, and Ma's like, oh, this is why I'm obsessed with you. Like that's, I, we think alike. And I'm like, Sophie's plan was like everyone's plan. Like it was nothing special about it, but the way she was like, I, I'm obsessed with you. Like just giving your ally that that bump up, that comfort to make them feel really good about themselves makes them just feel organically positive towards you. Um, it's sort of like these are the sort of tricks, that's, you know, the how to win friends and influence people stuff, that sort of body language and talking like that, that, you know, um, Golden God actually employed a lot in his games. He said he read all the books and actually did heaps of that like, manipulation that subtle win friends manipulation and that's that's the sort of thing you do you make people feel good about you not just trust you but feel good about you and everyone loves being pumped up except for sophie who gave no reaction to Mars' attempt to pump her up <laughs> she just fucking ignored it completely well what about, what about sophie's, sophie's hard 
What about Sophie's um not attack, but just it was an attack. I think we can John, call it an attack. It was an attack. attack. I thought an honestly attack. this episode I I love seeing a, a lot more of Sophie's um like not not harsh, but we saw a lot more of Sophie uh this episode, which I liked. I thought she got a good edit this episode. She was funny, made me laugh. Uh even like the the questions that she was asked at at, at the tribal, you got more of an insight into how she's playing this game. And I like that from her. I didn't I haven't seen much Previously, she was, and to she get was, this, she was, was big at the start. She was big at the start, and then sort of disappeared a bit as we got a lot yeah. of tribals with Orange, and now she's coming back in to the story in a significant way. I like it. So I could see she her being a big player. Going, I think she'll be going deep too. I think she's a big character in the end game. Um, that's my vibe from from the edit. Like I don't try to read edits too much, but you know you can't help it sometimes. I feel that that's the way it's going. Um, so. Yeah, she she had a go at James, saying that she doesn't like his his style, um, and obviously she's referring back to his accusation that she had an idol, which was fully correct. Um, <laughs> yes, it was too. Yeah, uh, but obviously her approach, his approach, was a little bit assertive. It's look, I don't blame I don't blame him for this because it's a tough situation when you when you're scrambling like that when you know you're done like. But and look, at least he tried to like just suck it up when she had a go at him. Like she was like, yeah. "You didn't treat me, you talked to me right." He's like, "Yeah, I can see that." Like, yeah, it was it was poor. Like, and we, and direct quote: "You are aggressive, very aggressive, and when you're aggressive, you're a flog." Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and, I think, and he took it really well. He didn't did, like. He was just like, "Yeah, look, I can understand um, that. Yeah, that's how you felt." And I was, I can't remember the quote. I'm bad with quotes, and you know, I was just. I was just trying to play my game. She's like, yeah, well, when you play the game like that, it's very off-putting. And I like I like that it cuts to a confessional where she's like, people think that I've got a beef with James. And I'm like, oh, this could get spicy. Maybe she's putting it on. It's like, people think that I've got a beef with James. And I do. I want him gone. <laughs> like, it, was, it, was, like, it, was, it was savage. I loved it. And no, I, it I think very spicy. Don't worry about the dog, Annabelle. If it barks, it barks. No, I, I was I didn't want to cut off Max. Max had started. Oh, thank you. What I, what I was going to say is just what we did see from one of James's confessionals was that he is playing that aggressive player, especially within this round where he knew he was on the chopping block, and he was really. He, what I love seeing from him was that he really did fight hard for his life in the game, and he, as you said, CK earlier on, he he tried everything. And with going in with that sort of strategy, he, it's he's leaving it all on the table. And yes, there is a chance you're going to rub someone the wrong way. And in particular, this person was Sophie, and she clapped back at him. So, and she stood. I liked how she stood up for Anna, and and the whole not hearing, like her, how Anna was getting spoken over in the previous tribal. It was cool. It was a good little like uh, circling back to what had happened. And as as we know. Wolf is uh, no longer the orca. He is the lone wolf with John now <laughs> on the bench. Right. Well, while CK is frozen, I've actually got a little bit of a game for us to play today. Maybe CK is not frozen. He's just not listening when Max is talking. Um, well, that's fair enough. <laughs> so I have a little bit of a game for us to play, and it's called Apex Predator. So um, James Wolf enlightened himself to an orca, but orcas actually aren't that amazing at being predators. They only have a 33% success rate, 
um, when hunting, because while they hunt in a pod, they don't collaborate as effectively as some other predators, and they also like to play with their food. Their hunting process is a fun game to them, which I thought we really saw um, mirrored in James's gameplay as well. So I have some other apex predators for you, and I thought we could match them to their contestants still remaining in the game. So the one of my favorite animals and the single most successful predator um, out in the wild is the African wild dog, which has an 85% success rate. If an African, a pack of African wild dogs decides that you're going to die, bitch, you're already dead. And this is because they are amazing collaborators. They work super effectively as a pack and their only main predator the hyena doesn't kill them by attacking them directly. It's actually stealing their food because they follow them around. They're so good at hunting. Who do you think is our African wild dog of this season? Uh, Ma. Yes, because she works so well with other people. Do you want to expand on that? Correct. No, yeah, she works really well with other people. That's exactly the reason. <laughs> No, no, legitimately. That, this is, that this is, is that's it. You you literally give permission to talk, CK, and you didn't take it. I'm just giving you guys a chance to have a limelight. It's a slow episode. This is your chance to shine. I can't be the star every week, guys. You know, like it's it's a pressure situation. Um, okay, are we, do we have another apex predator? Oh, I really, oh, I do yeah, like. Yeah. Okay, the next one is the domestic cat. So the domestic cat has a 32% success rate when in um, a bush, but this actually increases to 70% when they're in open plains. Now, that said, they only actually eat one in 10 of their kills. The rest are just for fun. Who is the domestic cat? Nick. What do you think, Max? Would you like me to expand? <laughs> <laughs> Expand on Nick, and then I'll, I might give a different answer. Because he's obvious. So he's only going to have success when he's obvious, like running through this field, like like the cat does. It's got more success being obvious because he's not very good at being stealthy. And if he's there running through the field, he has a chance of success because that's the way he plays, and he's going okay with it. Um, and uh, what was the other thing about the cat? It was like, it's, it's okay it's still. One in ten. The rest is just for fun. Yeah, and he's and he's playing for fun. He is playing for fun. I'll give him that. Like Michael looks like he's stressed out of his mind about everything. Nick does seem like he's having a good time. So I, I've I've got that read. Do do you want? Okay, you can do the next one, Max. Sorry, I didn't realize we were sort of sharing like that. So, that's right. <laughs> Max, did you have did you have a different opinion? I was for some reason I was thinking Joe, and what I mean by Joe is that in with the group. That's just part of what she's told to vote. She has a success rate. And then when she wants to do her thing, she doesn't succeed. Or <laughs> is that too? <laughs> okay. Literally. That was a classic Max take and we love it. Um, all right. That's why I'm next... here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> My next apex predator is the lion. So lions get a lot of happy snaps for being an apex predator, but they can kind of suck. 
So they went, oh, they can kind of suck, not because they themselves suck, but because they struggle rallying the numbers in order to make an effective kill. So when they go out on their own, they only have a 17% success rate. But when they rally the numbers and manage to get other lions hunting with them from their pride, this can increase up to 30%. Keep in mind, it's the women who are doing all the work while the men stay back at camp. Who is our lion of the season? Maybe lioness, and it could be no, Anna. a lion. close. <laughs> <laughs> Anna. It's Anna. Anna is the lion. She doesn't have right. the numbers yeah. and she wants right. to rally the women and it's sort of coming together. That's what I see. Yeah, okay. I, I hit the nail on the head. And that's Sorry, you were hot. You were hot and I was cold. I didn't realise we're gender swapping the animal. I love it. I love I was it. Just trying to... <laughs> I was too normative in my thinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the boomer okay. in me. That is, well, I've got some others, but I, at that point we start getting mean, so we're not going to do that anymore. But thank you for playing Apex Predator with me. If anybody else has any thoughts in the chat, please go for it. The chat's dead tonight. No, there's got, got four viewers and there are no comments. Um, and there'll be more people listening to this later, of course. I look, I do appreciate it's a, it's a struggle of an episode because you know that, you know, it, it was it was the weakest episode of the season. But one thing we haven't talked about is the abundance of random votes at the Tribal Council. What was going on? So somebody voted for Anna twice. Okay, to, we'll come back to this because Sophie wants to know which Apex Predator she is. I uh, think got Laura one? Cheetah. So Cheetahs are the third most successful apex predator with an 58% success rate because even though they go out alone they go fast they go hard and they go straight for the kill i think that's fair i think it's absolutely fair what do you think of that so So, if you're obviously listening but is that accurate or would you prefer to be one of the other apex predators i'm surprised a house cat is defined as an apex predator yeah, I mean, they're very effective. And how, oh, <laughs> I like John's comment. Yes, I mean, look, who's hunting the humble house cat? Yeah. Um, that, uh, a dog? I don't know. Um, dickheads <laughs> that, you know, neighbors that are dickheads that don't like cats. Um, the, anyway, so the votes, uh, I think Anna got two and Joe got one. That one came from Nick. Is that right? No, Nick voted for Sophie, which is interesting. Yes. given yeah. that he's uh, the only so... person in his corner. I know she said um, she said earlier in the episode, Nick's my number one. Mars floated away a bit, and Nick's like, I'm voting for Sophie. Like, what the fuck? We had a stray vote for the 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 Anna other piece the anna james was the planned split vote which the core alliance voted yeah. for but yeah. then we also had a vote for joe which was james and then did we not also have a stray vote on malcolm who was the stray vote on malcolm was Mel, that maybe? anna no yeah, anna that's maybe. not anna i don't remember somebody maybe else Mel? 
Yeah, perhaps. But that was that was an interesting one, the stray vote on Malcolm. That was the only one I didn't well, that and obviously the Sophie vote from Nick, but perhaps Nick is still trying to build trust with this down in the numbers. Um oh Malcolm's oh. vote was his sacrifice, of course, uh, John. Thanks, thanks, John. Appreciate it. Oh, so, thanks, so, it so it did happen. Oh my god. Uh, and and they were saying, no, she voted for the orca. Yeah, look, to be honest, she'd been wanting to vote out the orca for a long time. She she <laughs> said quite clearly that she had given him her trust. She was his number one. She'd said that, and then he betrayed her so maliciously and, and harshly that she was done with him in a dramatic uh, fashion. Um, no, seriously, uh, I don't think he really did that much to her. Um, but the uh, that's how she felt. So, yeah, of course, she voted for him. I wonder if Nick's – look, I could be – propping Nick up because I have a sort of crush on him and then standing him, him just going to apply strategy that might not actually be happening. But let's just put it up there. What if his vote for Sophie is actually intended to make Sophie feel worried about other people in the former purples or that she might feel are aligned to her, that she's getting targeted at and therefore pushing her closer to the allies that she has? Do you think that's what's going on or does Nick really have no read on who actually wants to play the game with him? I think, I think Nick does have a, we, there was a part of the episode where we saw Nick deflect his actions onto John when he was talking to um, James and Malcolm about that whole flipping situation. When Malcolm, when they thought Malcolm was, was thinking of, of flipping uh, between alliances and I thought that Nick, by him, by Nick saving himself, he deflected back onto John, who was obviously already out, to sort of save his spot as as the leak. So Are he you didn't buying that? Give it. I I, I we, thought it was. We know the truth. We know the truth. But I don't think anyone's buying that. I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get a bunch of Nick is shifty confessionals in the next episode. I think he's telling way too many unnecessary lies, and I think it's going to catch up with him. But, but people think that. Out. As we know how fast this game goes and how fast every round is, I feel like so much information gets brought in in a given moment. And in order to deflect at that current time, sort of can get you through that where people can forget uh, a lot easier if they're not really paying attention to the proper situation. Because if Nick's telling them they're with them, they're going to obviously believe him, especially with how so far their plans have been working. So Sophie says Nick absolutely knows who wants to play the game with him, therefore indicating that she knows that Sophie wants to play the game with him. So maybe what she means by that without giving anything away is they plan for him to vote for her uh, as some sort of move between the two of them. But considering no one knows it would be his vote, I don't think that's valuable. Um like that, you know, they're clashing or something. Like everyone knows that Nick wants Joe out. Like he's been wanting Joe out since uh, <laughs> she she voted for him and told him he was going to do it publicly back in like episode one, episode two, episode one, no, episode two. Yeah, episode two. The great. I mean, Nick knows there's a lot of heat on him, and this could be an opportunity for him to throw somebody under the bus and try and blame them for the Sophie vote. Because why would he vote Sophie? Sophie's one of his number one yeah, allies. Like, like Malcolm, who I think like is Malcolm, the one. and yeah. I think this is a classic justification for him being the domestic cat of the season. High kill rate, but this time he didn't want to eat it. He just wanted to play with it. 
that he's been lying to Malcolm the most. So Malcolm's probably got the most knowledge of how dodgy he's being. So if I was him, I would also want Malcolm gone and to throw some shade on Malcolm so that people believe less of what he says, even though if Malcolm were to tell stories about Nick, most of them would be true. He would want to discredit him. Um, it's just like, I understand that. I understand that game completely. I, I, I value that game. I think it's quite sensible. There's nothing like creating an elaborate web of lies and then need to make more lies to balance the lies and then to vote out the people that are going to make your web crumble down. It's a like org strategy that I'm a huge fan of. So I think Blake Banfield. Yeah, that's the way to go. <laughs> All right. Well, do we have anything? I don't. Do we have any more for this episode before we bring in the Apex? All right. So, just to be clear, we've called ourselves the Orca Pod. He might think that we're being like we want to be clear here. This is not a mean thing. This is a standing thing. It's so hard to go on one of these things and be prepared to be a big character to risk being edited in a way that makes you look like a bit of a fool. Um, uh, or, you know, to, to be a villain. I don't say he's a villain, but to be any sort of person that isn't just a generic, like, B-grade hero, right? Like, that's easy to go on and do that because it's safe, but it's boring. Like, you, I'm not saying James is George, but George is great TV because George gives gives fun and character to the TV show and it makes it lifts the season. And James, the orca, was absolutely the person in this season I think it's going to slow down in terms of quality of character without with him gone. And I just love that he said the Orca thing in one confessional, which I adored. And then I thought, oh, well, that's just going to be a throwaway line. And we'll call ourselves the Orca thing. And it'll be funny because we'll remember that one time he said it, but no one else did. But like he, just, he somehow knew this was going to happen. He continued to make the Orca references until he died. And it just created a great element to the show. And it's fed into what we've done very well here at the Orca Pod. I'm going to keep calling this thing the Orca Pod, even when we're covering other seasons, because every pod needs a name. It's fun. So we thank him for that. And we welcome the Apex Predator, the Orca, to our show. I just Thank want to make a comment. This is the reason it's taken Melbourne Survivor two years to come out. It's because we've had to do so much editing around CK's monologues. Apparently, I feature significantly in the first episode. So tune in, everybody. It's going to be top notch. <laughs> Where's James? He was here, but then he left. I think he's having some internet issues. This is I know this is very disappointing for our millions of fans. I'll just keep pumping him up for a while until he comes back. Um, in fairness, I feel like James Wolf being in portrait mode and having terrible internet is one of his most defining characteristics. <laughs> he does um, live in Geelong, so that makes sense, right? Yes. Rancy, Greg from season two, that's an in-joke, um, uh, season two of Melbourne Survivor is watching us. He never watches us. I don't think he's ever watched anything like this before, but because he is a proud Geelong, Geelongian, Geelong, what do you think? Geelongite. Um, and he, and he is a huge fan of, uh, of, of uh, the Orca himself. So it's great to see you, Ramsey. Um, thought you'd just be obsessed with watching football coverage right now. Uh, James, are you, how is your internet? Can you hey, hear James. us? He cannot hear us. This is what it's like playing minis with James and why I always go <laughs> <him> out first. <laughs> well, like text minis. 
No, whenever it's with video, it just makes the game run more smoothly when we don't have to navigate around his Wi-Fi connection. Have you, done a video mini, have you done a video <laughs> mini with James, have you? Oof, are you there? Yeah, my internet, my internet is fucking shot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loving hey, the mate. long... Oh, my oh, God, he's going oh. in. I'm loving the long hair. Is anyone else loving that? I love it. Looks good. It's fantastic. Wow. Yeah, it's fun. I'm into it. Um, maybe we can just get into a tech submission and then um, your daughter can read aloud and role play as James. She's gone to bed, <laughs> unfortunately. I'll role play as James, all right? You guys ask me questions oh. like I'm James. Oh, can Max role play instead? That's no, let's give it to CK. CK wants to be the star tonight again. No, no. Let's give it uh, to look, to be honest, <laughs> anyway, let's see. We're going to try again. How's that? Hopefully this works. How are you, James? This is going to be even more riveting for those on the... James, uh... just talk while you still can. <laughs> this is going to be even more riveting for those listening on the podcast versus watching the video. <laughs> Oh, okay, for those on the oh, now Max's video is gone, but James is working. I can see him. Oh, James, come on, give us some content. I was always here. I just had to blow my nose. Just being polite. James, <laughs> so says you should drive to Macca's and use their Wi-Fi. What's going on in Geelong? Wi-Fi. You, you lived in Geelong for a while, Max. What's the internet like there? It's pretty average. Not gonna <laughs> lie, but who knows? Some spots. Yeah, this are is better not a vibe. Those. All right. Um. So. <laughs> James, I want to bring up. I want to bring up the. Uh, uh, I'm sad <laughs> that we're not going to get. Okay, okay, okay. No, no. Here's what we're gonna do, Max. I would like you to start a private messenger chat with James. Okay. Actually, James, you can come back. If you come back, you can do the private chat with us. James, if you could come back to the pod, if you're listening, I will just send you a message. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Oh, my God, John. Yes, Lay. John, the chat says the Geelong internet speeds are as dangerous as orcas. Okay. James is back. Now, James, there's a private chat. Can you see this private chat thing that I'm typing in right now? Anyway, while, while we're doing that. this... um. I loved the confessionals we're getting from Mel when she was trying to hide that massive super idol, especially when we got the content of of her potentially hiding it. Uh, she was talking to Sophie about Sophie hiding her idol in her bra, but Mel couldn't because it'd be a third boob. I was just just top tier quality there. <laughs> I love that. Okay, no shade when she said. I'm going to really miss that little guy after talking about the previous tribal council. I thought she was talking about John. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to miss that little guy. He made a really good cuddle buddy. And then it brings up the photo of her with the idol. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she was talking about the idol. <laughs> that was actually pretty epic. Hey, we can oh. do it. I'm, I'm going to try it. James, we'll just try it on Messenger, right, mate? Hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna create a messenger chat. Uh, hold on, hold on. This is we're on the fly here. Max, James. Yes. Okay. We're going to 
Uh, I'm making a messenger chat. Max, open your messenger. Yes. All right. It. So James, we'll ask you questions and you can respond here and Max will be you. Max will be the orca. He's never been an apex predator in his life and now here's his chance to to step up into this that. This is my role. time. This is my time. <laughs> oh, yeah, guys. Oh, I hear Max really stays at the peel at four. This is sounding good. You, you, you hear that? That was good. Okay. He's oh man. He oh. <laughs> <laughs> just said, "Wait, add me now." It should work, and then immediately disappear. <laughs> I reckon it will work. It will. He work. disappeared. That, that impression you're doing was pretty good. I didn't know you could do impressions. I can do it all. I'm full of surprises if I get the opportunity, CK, but obviously not. I know my role. Oh, thank you, John. Oh, guys. Uh, disappointed with Ahoy. that. One. Just- hey! <laughs> Sorry about that. My internet's just being fucking shite tonight. Like, it's normally shit house, but tonight is like an all-time low. What so, do you... Um... Good now. I like the voice Max was doing there. So yeah, we love the long hair. That's awesome. That's how long obviously it's been since this aired. Uh, honestly, I've actually cut my hair since like two days before um, we filmed the season. I like it. Looks good. I'm growing yeah. my hair, but Daniel yeah. doesn't like it. Um, the how do you feel to be the star character of the Ultimate Sacrifice? Oh, I think star character is probably a bit of a. Bit of a stretch, but um, no, it's been no, it's an absolute um, great experience to be a part of, and uh, you know, fun absolutely watching it back. How do you, I, how, sorry, you I was just gonna say, James, how did you like your portrayal? Did you enjoy it? Do you think it was a bit in- inaccurate at some times? Do you feel like you got a bit stitched up? What's your take on how you were portrayed essentially? Um, well, it kind of essentially, like, I kind of came in and I was, I was like, I don't want to play a hero game because that's boring. Um, so I essentially <laughs> wanted to be, um, a little bit of a villain, um, you know, someone who created a bit of chaos and did play hard and play aggressively. So I think a lot of that, um, did get, uh, betrayed in the edit. Um, I know some people may, you know, some, it's always going to be very polarizing. Some people are going to you know, love it. Um, and think it's great. A lot of people may think, hey, hey, this guy's being a little bit of a try-hard, you know, I wouldn't change the way I played. And, yeah. I Look, that's the risk of being that character and coming across that way. People can say you're a try-hard. Try people can be divisive. But I don't think from the community that I've interacted with, anyone's got that perception. I think we all enjoy a big character on the show, and I think you really brought that. I think what you also brought was an incredible amount of strategy, like really high quality survivor strategy um, for for the short game, which you play on one of these LRGs, uh, and explaining it pretty well in a short period of time. Unfortunately, you were trying to explain it to Anna, and she just was not receiving what you were putting down. But the plan you were doing at uh, Merge was incredible, and if that had happened, it would have been amazing. Of course, an advantage getting happened. You didn't know that was going to happen. But um, the plan that you had in place was really, really brilliant. I was really impressed with that. Did you did you feel that you were really feeling those strategic moves as the game went on? Yeah, I've um, like I felt like going into the season, my two my main strengths were going to be my challenge ability and my strategic ability. Um, 
and I felt like I probably, you know, socially, while I don't think I'm terrible, um, you know, it can sometimes be dependent on, on who's around me, which is, you know, why I kind of found wanted to find someone who's a bit of a social foil uh, for me. But, um, you know, I who think your, even though... Social, building on that, who was, who was your social foil? Um, I feel like the social foil, like, was John. Uh, like, I felt him was, he was, like, my number one. I felt like he's obviously a very social, strategic player where I felt like him and I were able to bounce off each other really well. Um, and obviously he was the best positioned in our tribe, but, um, yeah, I felt like, yeah, really genuine connection. I felt like we worked well together throughout the game. I have a question. Oh, yeah. Um, I've got, I'm quite interested in your one-sided alliance with Anna. You really kept her safe during the pre-merge and we're very committed to that alliance post-merge as well. Um, what was it about Anna that gave you the impression she was with you and inspired that loyalty? Yeah, so initially kind of, um, well, I obviously knew Anna before like playing, um, and I kind of, and then like going early, uh, like the first round, um, Mel and Simon had clearly said that they didn't trust Anna. So then I immediately told Anna that straight away and wanted to pit those two against each other. Um, so kind of in a way, I felt like I kind of wanted to play devil's advocate between, um, you know, the person in between that they could both go to while they were still going for each other. Um, but yeah, like I felt like um, with Anna, I feel like, yeah, she's a good player in some ways, but I don't feel like her game in Canberra reflects that despite what the edit shows. That's just my personal point of view. Um, and it should, yeah, really, at times it's really frustrating uh, to work with, to be able to explain and to be able to get um, on the same page because I feel like she wasn't willing to willing to listen to reason, which is going to be beneficial for both of us moving forward because I feel like I had the ideas and execution, but she just uh, was a bit stubborn when she was, wasn't getting her own way. I think she would do better in, and it'd be easier to play with her in a more traditional, like longer form survivor game because you could take the time to actually work through the plan and get her input on it. But when you're up against these time crunches, it's very, very difficult to convince someone thing or something and to explain it when they're not listening. Like it's almost impossible. So you really find you end up working with people that are just think the same way that you do because it's just easier. Um, so I do appreciate the challenges that you would have had. Um, Mel doesn't think that would have helped anything. Well, I think it would have helped, Mel. What do you know? I had you as the first boot. Um, I guess so I'm the... Uh, and then um, Sophie said, uh, playing against James, I was not a fan. Look, I didn't pick that up from the edit, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, honestly, I thought you and I were getting along really well, Sophie, especially after Merge. I thought we were really hit it off. But, you know. But she says, she watching you, she's really, really enjoyed it, which is fantastic. That's that's the sort of feedback I hope for for, for Melbourne. Okay, CK, a little less about you, a little bit more about James while he's here. James um, is me. James, <laughs> James, um, what did you think were your odds of managing to wrangle Nick and Mal on side to make that flip happen? Um, honestly, as soon as 
<laughs> lost the challenge. I knew I was fucked. I was expecting the vote to be unanimous. Um, to be completely honest with you, because I'd already set up a fair bit of chaos, rubbed a few people the wrong way, and I felt like, um, yeah, Mel and Anna were, um, yeah, we'd, uh, we, we're going to get rid of me. Uh, um, to try and advance themselves to two and the outs, and I actually kind of underestimated Nick's position in um, Huberdang. Um, you thought he was higher up in the group? No, I thought he was a little bit more on the outs. I didn't realise it was as oh. integrated as what he was. Um, okay. But, yeah, I felt like those were my best two of getting on board, and if we can bring Anna and Mel in, um, then the five of us, we can form a new majority, and it will be beneficial for those two because at a later point, they can flip back and forth if they need but, um, you know, I thought it was beneficial move for all, you know, the five of us to stay together, but they obviously felt differently. Can, can I ask, what was the strategy? It would have been a great move for Sorry, them as well. Yeah. So it would have been a great move for them um, as well, I mean, was... in the game. Yes, I, I agree. Uh, what was the strategy in verbally confronting Sophie about an idol you knew she had in front of other people? What was the hope of the outcome there? <laughs> yeah. So as soon as merge hit, it was caused a fair bit of chaos, a fair bit of um, distrust and trying to create some fractures in Kubidang, especially because, well, if I can ask her and if she had gone back and she had lied, um, you know, at what she got at the sacrifice, which it was in fact happened, and asked in front of people and she's lying again, well, you know, I've caught her with hand in the cookie jar because if she didn't have something, then Haley would have played something when she was eliminated. When oh, when she was yeah, eliminated, I mean that yeah. that was one hundred percent. Yeah, what's going to happen? So, I kind of wanted to create fractures, create distrust, and hopefully, after four of us win, you can stick together. Then, you know, maybe um, we can, uh, you know, potentially flip the script like Russell did in Samoa. I, I I think what she did amazing though was her reaction like everyone found out she was lying later because she played it but her reaction to your accusation was was perfect like she didn't give anything away like she was just stoic about it like and not just getting mad at you i just mean her just how she handled your accusation at the time in front of malcolm and whoever else was there i thought was really impressive did you expect her to be able to handle it so well or did you think maybe she'd be a bit more break up about it um yeah, to be honest with you, I think I honestly didn't know what to expect. I was, just, uh, but you know, there's pros and cons to the ways we both played it. Um, yeah, you know, and both have had a situation. And I have respect for Sophie for her holding the ground. I don't have any it will against her. Um, but yeah, like you know, I can respect that. But I think the biggest issue with between us uh, was the factor on different levels and different timelines in the game. Like the day beforehand, I was going to tribal had my mind the game press the whole time where she probably hadn't experienced that level of um, of high intensity gameplay that I was trying to bring. Yeah, that's true, that they hadn't been to trouble as much. Anyone else? I can uh, yeah, questions. You feel like... Oh no, Max, you go. Sorry, no, darling. No. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's fun. Um, what I was just going <laughs> to say, just more so about the um, pre-game just who I've, I've pretty much asked this to everyone who's come on because it's just a interesting topic with how people approach the game if you know someone in the game uh as you know like as we know you're pretty big within the survivor community and 
I'm sure someone somewhere has heard your name or come across your name because uh, you're a big character and you do a lot of good things. Who did you know coming into this game and how did that change the way you played or even just like the perspective of sort of coming into the a tribe of someone new or someone on Kubadang that you had there, if you knew anyone? Yeah, um, honestly, yeah, I recognize quite a few people either by name um, or like association. Um, so overall, um, I recognized uh, seven other people when I rocked up. <laughs> but apart from, apart from Anna, I'd never met any of them in person and I wouldn't say I was super close with most of them. I feel like the, probably the person, the two people I was probably closest with um, that I knew was like was Nick um, and like, Anna because I knew I uh, met her in person as well. But just because I knew those people um, and recognised, you know, seven hours, I wasn't going to let my gameplay be dictated and floated just towards them just because I know them. I kind of wanted to keep it open and play everything on its merit um, and give everyone like a fair chance because, you know, if, if I was one of the people that barely knew anyone and there was this big sort of click um, that or people that knew each other beforehand, then, um, you know, I'd find it a little bit, I'd feel like I, I was a bit stiffed. Yeah. I mean, at the end That's- of the day, John, you hadn't met before and he was a much better ally to you than Anna or Nick anyway. So <laughs> it all worked <laughs> out in the end. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I would like to think that, you know, everyone would play anything on its merit rather than, pre-existing relationships or past things that have happened. Um, like, for example, if, you know, if I ever was lucky enough to play again and there's people that recognise me from playing this season, I would hope they wouldn't target me just for the fact, oh, of how I played this time, just play everything on its merit um, and, yeah, try and create an organic experience. If it's any comfort, Wolfie, this time I wouldn't be as motivated to get rid of you because of your shitty-ass internet connection. At least you can't <laughs> uh, have your Wi-Fi cut off in real life. <laughs> How early exactly. did you boot him in this in this org that you're going about? Oh, we, it's not even orgs. It's little minis we played together during lockdown. James and I are never on the same side. But do you think that yeah. would change now that you've had this moment together? Would it be different, do you think? No, absolutely not. <laughs> we love you, though, Wolf. <laughs> um, I'm for a first boot. You, you, you push her off a first boot? Oh, harsh. Um, yeah. Yeah, yes. Uh, and then and then and then when I do and then when I do, I'll blame it on Dom. Yeah, <laughs> the Dom blame. Now, oh, we raised Dom, and we all we all remember Dom from the infamous circle uh, saga, um, where he incorrectly said Zaddy was out of the circle. Um, now, the and Dom from season one, of course. Now, you are very big in the org community. Uh, you actually ran, you started a page on Facebook, which is for orgs. You've obviously probably played a lot of orgs. Did you find having played a lot of orgs was of assistance to the game that you played in Canberra? Um, to be honest with you, like I'd play, I've probably played more minis than when I have orgs because I've I've only played like a handful of orgs in my life. But minis, and one, I, of, and um, one of them, you I just found was like more my speed because I can play quick. Like... Sorry, one of them you just quit Did unexpectedly I? after you were given a top rep. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you, no, were, you were George. Internet. <laughs> that was the internet. Yeah, shit is on the internet. Right? At least yeah. you weren't Dom who went to have a shower uh, and never came back. <laughs> Rumor has they still hey, in the shower. Um, <laughs> um, but no, like, to answer your question, um, I, 
Sorry, George. John, John, John's, John's not happy about it. He said he fought hard to give you George the George rep. Um, no, that's how good question, you are, George simply... level. Um, anyway, so did you, you, you paid more minis than orcs? You haven't ever. Uh, no, that's 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 a bit of, that's a bit of, that's a bit of an insult. That's a bit of an insult to George. Well, I, reckon, I was but, given um, David, Golden God, and I don't think that was um, an insult. To but no, essentially, I just try to play it like a mini. Yeah. Well, it is more like a mini. It's that speed, isn't uh, it? Because all. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, pretty much that fast-paced mini. I, um, you know, if I um burn someone's bridge and I can just you know cut them off, I had to come in. Be ruthless, play high intensity, high speed, aggressive, and um, some people may not be able to keep up. But if they're not keeping up, then they're falling behind. Yeah, take that, Sophie, you cheater! <laughs> <laughs> the cheater's the fastest land animal, but it's fallen behind the whale. Um, uh, James, <laughs> tell us about this inspiration for the orca. Where did you get that from? How did you come up with that? Um, and why not a wolf? Us, tell us the story. Oh. Um, yeah, so the whole Orca um, nickname, it's a bit of an inside joke between myself and a few friends. Um, so about a year and a half ago, um, we started off our own uh, social dodgeball team. And, um, you know, I got nominated as team captain. Um, but we all, like, we all went like in a bit of a, on a piss off um, on a boat like one afternoon. And we all just like giving each other like names of like different creatures and animals would be within the dodgeball team. And so with myself being the captain, I decided, yeah, I was Apex Predator and one of my um, <laughs> yeah friends decided to give me the nickname of Orca. Okay. So, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. It was so unique as well. Like, if you if you do an Apex Predator thing and you said you were a lion, it's sort of boring, right? Like, the, the whale reference was so much more fun, um, even though there was no nought. You were very wet out there as well, so it was almost like you were swimming. Um, look, Of course, I, and I to- feel like the, I feel like – sorry sorry to cut you off, CK, but no. I feel like, you know – the orca pod has a better ring to it than, say, you know, the lo- the wild African spotted wild dog pod. It Whatever does. the hell it's called. Po- wow. <laughs> Shade on the African wild dog. <laughs> now, we're having a good time here. I don't want to bring it down. And if you don't want to talk about this, you don't want to. But on this show, when Banfield was on, he expressed a lot yeah. of concern about what was allegedly said. Now, Malcolm said in the comments last episode that nothing like Banfield understood had been said was said to him. So Malcolm has already cleared your name. So you don't really need to talk about it if you don't want to, but it was talked about a bit on this show. So if you want the ability to address it, I want to give you that time. Yeah, no, um, no, I appreciate that, CK. Um, yeah, so essentially, and, you know, things I'd said about Banfield or Slanderous or... Um, you know, to all militias towards him. The first time I heard about these accusations was when Banfield brought it up. Um, I personally, uh, you know, don't ever recall saying anything about Banfield um, in, a bad, in a negative way. I personally didn't have anything against Banfield before the game, during the game, or after the game. So I was a little bit taken aback when he did um, say the things he did. And I did try to reach out to him, message him, you know, say, hey, if I actually did say something, I do apologise, but I don't actually have any hard feelings towards you at all. And... Um, he chose to leave that on road, and that's his choice. But, um, yeah, that's kind of where I sit within. Uh, yeah, like if I did say something bad, I would own it. And, uh, but honestly, I don't recall um, saying anything. Yeah, like, would you but like now to take this opportunity to say something slanderous about anybody else while you're here? <laughs> you, could, you could do me um, if you like. I've got a thick skin. 
No, like no, she be right. I thought, um, I just sometimes wish that Max would, you know, keep his warm take to you know minimum. But <laughs> other than that, oh, what did I do? Um, <laughs> all right, now bringing, nah, bringing honestly, in our next nah, guest honestly, is no, no, no. So look, that's very fair, James. And nah, I don't think you need um, to address it more. It look, it look, it does happen yeah. in these environments. There's so many people around, and people hear different things, like. On our season, someone said that I said something actually quite racist and I was very concerned that people thought I was a racist and ultimately that person has admitted and there is no footage that I I did not say that, right? But I was so concerned when people thought I'd said something racist like and and you know Liz said you said something racist. I'm like I didn't do that. It was it was really heartbreaking. I'm and so glad CK is spreading the CK was racist. I wasn't though. I'm trying to connect. I and understand. John is asked in the chat, what animal would CK be? CK would be my puppy, Puffy Fluffykins, who keeps sneaking shut up. in the background and trying to be the centre of this podcast. I'm the host of this podcast. Doing the most. That's anyway, what animal CK would be. I know how it feels. Things happen. People hear things. They're misstatements. I didn't actually say this at all, but rumors start. You didn't say anything. Malcolm said you didn't say anything. We believe you. It's just it happens. And look, I think that's put it to bed. Um, yeah. you, know, you you have your your name has been cleared. So um, I think we're all comfortable with that. It's been a saga of three a three episode saga on the Orca Pod about the yeah. infamous ultimate sacrifice. Speaking of the ultimate sacrifice, do you know why there wasn't one this week and how Joe got screwed out of it? Like what was up with that? Um, yeah, uh, like uh, from my understanding, post season, uh, no, nah, I'm not gonna say that. It's probably not it's my. Um, okay, it might be. Yeah, it might be. A it might be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But man, Joe was salty about that, and fair enough. Um, does anyone have anything else for the orca? I think if we've got a really clear articulation. No, Max, oh, Max, sorry, darling, you go. You want another lukewarm take, James? <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't got one. No. no, no, no. What I was going to say, um, if, firstly, uh, you've explained your experience and how you had awesome fun um, playing a live game for the first time. As we all know, you are a big personality and I'm sure there's a, there's a chance that we may see you on the screens again, potentially one day. How would you play um, another season considering your, I guess, threat level or your perception of what some people might have of you? Would you change it or would you just be the same, stick to yourself, stick to your guns? What would be your game plan going into the next one? Not, not, not asking if you're going to give anything away now, but just would it be similar yeah. to what we've seen or would you just be a bit more flexible as... Um, there are returnees in your season who have played previous seasons and may have changed their their styles. Not not trying to give anything away, but how would you go about it if you were to? Play yeah, um, yeah. I feel like a lot of the fundamentals of my game I would probably keep the same, but there's certainly probably a few things that I know I would need to work on. Um, you know, to be able to you know for people to want to see me as more of an asset to keep around if I was on the chopping block. Um, yeah, like I'm certainly aware of some of the flaws in my game, and there's certainly a lot of strengths in the game. But sometimes I feel like you have to, um, you know, stick to your guns because if you try and, and I, funny fact, I actually met a 
randomly bumped into a Survivor alumni from Australian Survivor today, and actually, actually, actually speaking to her um, about like, her experiences and what she did when she played again. And she was like, "Yeah, the biggest thing is that you try not to overcorrect because if you overcorrect and try and focus on the things you did wrong, then that's what you get. We're going to go wrong." So I'll probably try and stick. Did you meet a real survivor, like a real Australian survivor? I was just yeah, like I randomly bumped into someone today on my walk. Yeah, Yeah. really going to name drop them or not? Uh, Phoebe. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. She had a, she had uh, that bad experience with David on that second time round, but um, yeah, that's really cool. How did you how did you just walk up and approach her? Hi, I'm a super fan. I'm the orca. <laughs> oh, so it was funny. I was, so I was um, yeah, I was walking um, just along the beach, like on this walking trail, and I saw this border collie. I'm like, oh, it's cute border collie. And I gave it a little, little pat, and I just walked up, and then um, and I walked past, and, and then my head turned again. I'm like, wait, is that Phoebe? So I turn around and I just tapped her on the shoulder. I'm like, "Hey, are you Phoebe from Australian Survivor?" And then, yeah, and then um, there's that little bit of an awkward thirty second start. But then, yeah, we started just chatting for about you know fifteen twenty minutes. And um, yeah, I was asking me all about Survivor. You know, how she played, and she was asking me a few things about myself. And um, and then yeah, it was uh, and good bit of advice from her. Um, that's really nice. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm really great that she's able to give me her time. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, um, I feel like yeah, a lot of the stuff fundamentals I'd um, I'd do very similar uh, with how I played, but there's just a few things I need to refine and um, to uh, to take that next step. Hopefully. Yeah, Sophie said that perhaps Max was implying that you'd be just a little less floggish in your approach. Just a little <laughs> turn down the flog is probably the the approach, right? Oh, uh, it's all in the eye of the beholder. So, I I agree. I can tell you what. Like, I don't think uh, if I play with Sophie, she'd be a big fan of mine either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just 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 FYI. Uh, well, going back to your, going back to what you said earlier, CK. You know, with like the perception, with like you know things that you said that um, you know may rub someone the wrong way. Um, you know, I mean. It's always going to be different with everyone, and you're always going to, you just sometimes got to find your people. Absolutely. And I found my people. That's who the Orca Pod so is. CK, his people just all happen to be white. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck off. Whoa. <laughs> That's bullshit. Right. Instead of coming for Anna, she is coming for you today, CK. <laughs> Watch out. I said nothing like this. Oh my God, I can't believe you did that to me. Over the line. Said nothing. I love I love John. Everyone knows I love John. <laughs> oh, wow. Just kidding, just kidding. CK spread the rumors about himself. I just no, I'm just saying it was said, and I understand how James <laughs> felt. I was trying to build a connection, an emotional moment in our program. It can't all be laughs and spice. I am I am outraged. Well, you know, we could always do what you guys planned last week and make a Jerry Springer moment. So instead of me and Banfield, John's actually backstage with Springer even guys. It wasn't John. It was some other white person said I said it, but I think that it was that white person that was thinking about these things, not myself. I won't name names because, you know, I, I'm better than that. Um, let's go back to the orca. Let's stop talking about me. Um, uh, Mel said, you rubbed me the wrong way a lot, James, but I still want to work with you. Better the devil you know than the ones that you don't. And Sophie says... Um, I generally love to see James play again, just not against me. So, yeah, look, you absolutely brought it this season. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, we've loved every minute of it. Um, 
And I think the show will be a little less exciting, a little less chaotic, a little less strategic, and there'll be a little less high-end quality uh, self-belief style confessionals. And uh, frankly, that's what I watch Survivor for. So um, we'll keep watching because we're podcasting about it, but I won't be watching it with the same level of enjoyment. So um, take that away with what you will. Uh, you really were fantastic on this season. Um, thank you so much for coming on and for working out your internet somehow. Um, and for uh, everyone that's always here in the chat, it's always great to have you. Um, we'll be back next week with hopefully a spicy episode uh, and not an, an ordinary, boring, by the numbers, begonning boot. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, till then, thank you. We will see you all soon. No, thanks for your time, guys. Appreciate it.